My name. My name. My name. My name. Me llamo. Is Megan. Is Jenna. Tim. Alejandro. Jenna. Is Alex. Animorphs changed my life forever. I won't tell you my last name. I won't tell you my last name. I won't tell you my last name. The Yerks could find me. The point is. My name. My name. My name. My name. Mine's at Yerk. I'm Megan. My name is Alex. Jenna. I'm Jenna. <laughs> and I'm Tim. Sorry, I another, was Another grade A tight intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jenna just learned she's going to be the human sacrifice for the cult that's getting started, so yeah. she's a little busy. I'm trying to research how I to was, not do that. <laughs> how to change I was your fully prepared to never speak. <laughs> I was going to force Jenna to go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh god can you imagine that that little standoff tim really yeah <laughs> forever we should just tell everybody it lasted six minutes and alex cut it yeah, out it did i can oh, add I'm six minutes of silence week, but... <laughs> please god don't <laughs> <laughs> we like our fans we like our listeners please don't how's everybody's week happy new year that's important too yes yeah that Week is back to normal, beginning to get back to normal after holidays, which is a good thing. I enjoy holidays. I was not this year prepared for holidays. Mm-mm. Me neither. It didn't feel like like Christmas and holidays or anything, Like even up until the moment that it happened. I was like, okay, cool. No, it still hits me. I'm like, oh, I have pictures of Christmas morning. That did happen. <laughs> All right. And I have the best pictures. It's Charlie and pajamas that I have that are matching. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So. (laughs) Good, good puppers. Did anybody make any Animorphs-related resolutions? Are there any (laughs) Animorphs-related resolutions? I'm going to continue my streak of not getting stuck in Morph. That's a very good one. Good plan. Good plan. I I was going to be more blue. Yeah, so that works. Maybe just listen to me. more Eiffel sixty-five. Yeah. Yeah. I added a new singer to my sad music, so maybe I'm just Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Tobias's favorite movie is Up. No, I mean, it's the '90s, so it's definitely like Donnie Darko or what's the other one that's. Requiem for a dream. Of a dream? For a dream. For a dream. Marcos is definitely Interview with a Vampire, right? <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, it's the pest. <laughs> I'm going to split the difference between the two and go with Dracula Dead and Loving It. Only because you don't want it to be the pest? <laughs> But it I is the most the dangerous game. What? John Leguizamo? Oh, you know oh, what the pest thing. is. Yeah, I know what the pest is. <laughs> and now you're reevaluating your answer. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm still sticking with Dracula Dead and loving it. Because he doesn't want it to be the past. That's fine. So, which one was the worst Batman of the 90s Batman? Wait, which actor? False, there which... are no bad Batman. <laughs> which one was the worst movie? Yes. Uh, wasn't it, uh... This is relevant. It was Batman and Robin, wasn't it? That was the... That was the... Is that the one with Poison Ivy? Don't hurt my childhood. Don't do I it. I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> and thus, my whole point was that Jake was going to like the worst Batman movie. Oh, it turns yeah. out I love the worst Batman movie. But I'm glad to see that your reaction was appropriately chilled. <laughs> <laughs> you dork. You know, I've never seen that. What? How have you Why? Not? Why do y'all get surprised by this? This should not surprise because you anymore. It's Batman. I've never are... seen any of the '90s Batman movies all the way through. I can't, I can't Alex. We need to stop. We'll come back. Oh God! I I never like them enough to finish. You know, Alex. Dude, okay, hold up. That's fine for three of those four Batman movies. <laughs> there were four. The, yeah. The, yes. the first one. The first one is a fantastic movie. Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. Okay. Which one had the seal song? Okay. But how, how can you not like Batman 89? It's, it's it's the reason we have superhero movies today. I don't think that's true. No, that's no I don't true. either. <laughs> um, how do you not? It was like a game-changing superhero movie. I mean, I'm just going to dig myself a deeper hole here. I don't like Tim Burton very much. Oh, no, that's no, fine. No, that's fine. Okay. I don't... I don't either. 90s Tim Burton is fine. No, but Tim Burton's not really great. He's Batman Returns was terrible. On that note, we read more this week. We didn't just watch movies. Or Alex not watch movies. <laughs> I didn't not watch movies this week. I watched Aquaman. I watched about a third of Kingsman Golden Circle. And I watched the first half of Red Sparrow before we recorded. How was Aquaman? You are bad at movies. Aquaman I enjoyed. I have thoughts on it, but I don't know how to do it better than the movie did, and that frustrates me. Because it needs to be tighter, but you would lose something by cutting anything. So if... Oh no, I'm not going to do this. But if Alaron had a choice, which movie would he see? No, I'm really not going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so we did read more of the Andalite Chronicles this week. Yes. It was uh, part two, Alaron's Choice. Before we get into Tim's summary, did everybody think it was as good as the first part? Or better? Or worse? Better. Yeah, I like this one more. I also this think has this has always is... been my favorite. This is also like the first... Animorphs book period that's almost totally just plot movement forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this one never stops. No. And for most of it, it's just Elfanger dealing with stuff by himself, and that's also different and cool. Yeah, I don't think Animorphs would do well as a movie, but I think this would make a damn good movie. I feel like an Animorphs TV show with the occasional movie. Like, give yeah. it to Netflix. Let them do movies like they're doing where these drop in. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what'd you think? 
no, I really enjoyed it. it. I can't wait to read the next one. I really want to know how this plays out. <laughs> we did end on another cliffhanger. Yeah. But, uh... It, um... It, and the the Chapman stuff still... It, it just doesn't... It doesn't track. Like, for the way the story goes. Like... It, for the Chapman you know and love. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... So something else has got to happen here. For him and to go have, off and have a family. An uh, entire third part. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting to see. But before we get to that, why don't you give us your summary of part two? Okay. The End of Light Chronicles, book two. Aloran's choice. Elfangor is a bird. He finds Lauren and lets her know what's up. He morphs a taxon and finds Arbron, who is acting funny. Elfangor and Arbron are going to steal the Skritna ship. Elfangor demorphs. Arbron had to biased. Elfangor pilots the ship to, to speeds... What? I don't even know what I wrote here. Elfangor pilots the ship... To speeds, yes. To, yes, to, to speeds. speeds. Uh, the chasing budfighters... Oh, there we go. The chasing budfighters can't match. Arbron is going to take a shot... Elfanger hits the brakes, and they'll fly right past us. Arbron makes an incredible shot. Elfanger wants to go save everyone else. Arbron wants to die. Elfanger almost shoots Arbron, but misses. A hole in the ship. The hillbilly Texans probably took Arbron and the Skrits. Elfanger steals a Mustang to save Aleron. This is not a weird description. That actually happens. Elfinger finds Arbron has joined the Taxon cult, and they're going to war with the Yerks. Elfinger runs over everyone on his way to the Jahar. Aleron was a Hort-Bajir. Take Subfisser 7 as prisoner on the Jahar. Arbron was promoted to warrior. Subfisser 7 kicked off the ship. Aleron wants Elfinger to destroy defenseless Yerks. Aleron is out of control. Chapman and Elfinger subdue him. Elfinger goes to get the time matrix, but realizes it was too easy. His shipmates are Yerks. Elfinger had created the abomination. Elfinger stuns Subvisor 7. Bugfighters arrive. He bluffs that he is Subvisor 7 to buy time to clear out the time matrix. The Yerks are tracking the Jahar. Elfinger has a plan. Lauren and Elfanger discuss physics and morality. They find the dome ship under attack from asteroids. Visser 32, he has been promoted, arrives in a blade ship. Elfanger trips him into coming aboard the Jahar. Elfanger shoots the attacked blade ship, which causes a breach, and they get taken by an asteroid. And Elfanger thinks dying isn't so bad. And that's where we leave book two. You know how when you hear a word so many times it stops having meaning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Around the third time I listened through last week's episode, counting doing it, editing it, and then listening to it, Elfanger ceased to have meaning whenever I'd hear it, and instead just became in my head, with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L <laughs> on her forehead. Just sharing that with everyone else. Are you saying we need to give him a nickname? Yes. He's all-star okay. now. Okay. 
<laughs> done I also and like how done. you're pronouncing Arbron's name. Arbron. Okay. I like that. To be fair, that that's like how I pronounced it when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I don't know which way is right, but <laughs> I just... that's... it's better um, better than Enbonio. Enbonio is excellent, and don't you forget it, uh, <laughs> Dick Dargan. <laughs> so my overall question: What is Alaron's choice? I don't know. I thought about that the whole book. Okay. No, I have this. I have this, and I am glad we waited two days to record it, because in the intervening time is when I figured it out. Okie dokie. It is not a choice that Alaron makes. It is the choice that Alaron gives All-Star. Okay. Oh, okay. No, now that, that works. That makes more sense. Yeah, that had been bugging me like the whole time. I'm like waiting for this big choice that he's going to make, and it never happens. No. It but is no, not that... that he makes it. It's that he makes All-Star make a choice. And All-Star mm, chooses poorly. Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. At some point, he becomes a prince, which is higher than a warrior. Because mm-hmm. when he dies, he was definitely Prince All-Star. So, at some point, he gets smarter, right? Or, I guess... <laughs> or more. I mean, I feel like he learns his lesson rougher. in this yeah. one. Yeah, he, he sort of gets yeah. smarter immediately. I mean, to be fair, I thought he learned his lesson after the first time he screwed up. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, everybody gets one, some people get two. <laughs> sure. Or more. <laughs> So, where should we start? Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Okay. What is that from? The Sound of Music. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Do, re, mi. Thank you. Another thing I've never seen. (laughs) What the f- You know that already. (laughs) doesn't make it any less shocking ever no it doesn't i've never seen it either oh jesus christ all right so anyway the beginning (laughs) (laughs) yes all-star is a bird Mm -hmm. he is a bird how did this end last time with him flying off as a bird chapman doing his dormammu i have come to bargain yeah. Which we do get like a previously on, and it does go through that again. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could tell this time around that these were released separately because you get like the repeat of what the scritna are. That sounds really weird, but I think that was grammatically correct. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but it was good for me two weeks later reading the <laughs> second part. I was like, I need that little refresher. Yeah. As we have established, Tim is part goldfish. Yes. <laughs> you guys say there's a lot of action. I don't. I didn't write a lot down for this one. Oh, I didn't. I, I don't. Either. I don't have a ton of notes, and the reason I don't have a ton of notes is because I didn't stop reading long enough to write down notes. Because I was. I was really into this one the whole book. Because exactly like you said, there was no like. 
Like, it was just, it was going the entire time. Well, I mean, most of my notes are either ridiculous things or cultural things or, I don't know, really specific things. And I feel like because this one was so plot heavy, there was not a lot of that kind of thing. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about Arbron because mm-hmm. his his choice in this is a big part of this book. He has an entire arc within the storyline. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he gets stuck as a taxon and essentially tries to get All-Star to kill him a few times. Yeah, to the point of like, lying about how a dracon beam works and trying to get him to shoot him on stun but it's really the highest setting so all star blows a hole in the ship's hole because he's basically jake yeah they're jake and marco in this book that's very true but then he becomes whether or not you think that there was a tax on uprising in the first part I still think there is, and that there's enough information to support that. I think well, it sort we, of we know clears now it up. Sure, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, it sort of clears it up. Any any confusion that I may have had about it that it was, mm-hmm. it's definitely a thing. Yeah. It certainly clears up any yeah. confusion I may have created about it. <laughs> and there, <laughs> it At also it. it also sort of defines how they could be more organized in that effort. True, they're yeah. not like just you know, bugs running around, there is, like, sort of central leadership to them. Which also, by the way, named the cult the, li- <laughs> the Living Hive. That's, that's the cult name. That's the one we're going with. Yeah. It's not necessarily that there's a leader. It's that it they are almost essentially a hive mind. Yeah. Right. Which might explain why we never get a Taxon Chronicle book. Which a, a lot of people wish we had, but... Did y'all not read it that way? That there was like a center mass, I guess, that was sort of yeah directing yeah. and whatnot, like an almost yeah. planetary consciousness that they're tapping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was working the tubes and whatnot. <clears throat> it's yeah. I like the idea that it's the planet. Yeah, the planet is attacking. It is the literal embodiment of bureaucracy. It is. <laughs> Red tape and vacuum tubes. <laughs> That's why the Texans never had a chance. It's true. Bureaucracy in some places is efficient and effective and done far, far better than here. Do we get confirmation that he survives the attack? No. Well, no. Not in this, at least. I was going to ask if we if we think he survived, and if you think we'll see him again. But then I couldn't remember if we actually get confirmation he does survive, so it might have been a stupid question. I think there are a couple of times when All-Star, like, looks into the battle and he's like, mm, Arbron's out there somewhere, maybe. Yeah, he definitely is wishful thinking that he's okay. Yeah. Also, Texans regrow legs. Mm-hmm. They do. They gross. do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're gross already. And... <laughs> it just makes you wonder all those Texans that the Animorphs have killed 
Did they just regrow back together? Oh. No, because other Texans ate them. That's <laughs> right. Trick question. I did like sit there and laugh because I was on such high steroids for the last four or five months. And they kept talking about like this endless hunger. Now, granted, steroids don't make me bloodthirsty. <laughs> but I can tell you what it's like to never feel full. And then to suddenly be like, oh, shit, my stomach is full. And I am not <laughs> used to this. So I kept laughing at their like endless hunger talking. And then they would like, but I want to eat all the meat and people in front of me. And I was like, nope, nope. Haven't experienced that feeling. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not a taxon. Good. One of us is not a taxon. <laughs> Someone now the rest else of you guys maybe. need to go through the test. I cannot rule out that I am a taxon. <laughs> all right. We have seen you regrow your arms. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah. I, I have one question. Only Just one? one? Yeah. Uh, towards the end of this this story, they're doing like the whole Star Trek, I'm going to talk to the view screen uh-huh. thing. Except one of them is an Andalite and Thought Speaks. How does Thought Speak work? They have a translator. Ship to ship communication, though. Uh, if you'll recall, the translation devices that they have in the first one still work with translators. And in this one, you see that there are external translators that will project. Uh, in. Okay. All right. Yeah. Basically, don't look too hard, Tim. It's going to fall apart. I was just like, <laughs> I just oh, no, had no. this vision of this blue reindeer staring at the <laughs> view monitor and the other guy like, what are you doing? I don't, what's going on? Are you, are you? Are you talking? Or? <laughs> the real question is, how do these ships have translators that'll handle Andalite speech outgoing? Yeah. yeah. Unless this but assumes that, that Andalites are the only species that thought speak. Maybe there are others. I'm There's so glad that you said that. And by that, I mean unless. Because Chapman did go full McElroy in this. He unless unless while he was trying to be a dick and I was like oh my god (laughs) is that where they got it from? I don't know I'm still convinced that it has to be where the dogs should get to vote thing came from yeah Animorphs? yeah there was a book a few books back when Marco was making fun of Cassie Uh, I think and talked about dogs should get to vote Mm-hmm. Let me let me see the unless unless again, Jenna. Here you go. Unless Lauren glared at him, why don't you shut up? Chapman just grinned. Unless you analyze the tongue. He did. He full on unless unless. Yeah. yeah, he did. That Chapman bastard. So what we're learning is Chapman is related to the McElroy brothers. <laughs> But he's Which way less cool. Uncle. Way less. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, what are we thinking about the the uh, Alfangor Lauren relationship? Did I get her name wrong? I might have just gotten her name. No, wrong. you got it no, right. Okay. 
there wasn't really a lot to it this book was there what like, there was oh, the, like the most to it there's no. so much to it. it he asks her on a date yeah when he thinks he's gonna die he thinks i hope i make it back to lauren yeah but he doesn't like hold on he asks her on a date <laughs> yeah what to they're Yosemite. gonna go to the yeah oh no i did not read that oh man i did not read that near as creepy as y'all did Creepy. It's Why do you find creepy? Why is it creepy? Hold they're, on. They're both Inter- children. dating again. Hold on. What? Your soulmate can be an alien. It's okay. Mine almost definitely is. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially since it's an alien that can shapeshift. I don't think that's It can be true. anything. It can be anything. I don't, I don't know that I agree with y'all on that one. <clears throat> okay, uh, Tim, It's here we a go. date, Lauren said. Yeah, but it's not really a date. Uh-huh. And by the way, if you, we do survive all this, and we you get back to Earth, could you show me this place with the grass and trees and tall yeah. waterfalls? It's a date, Lauren said. Could we have a Mustang there, too? She put her arms around my waist and looked deep into my eyes with her two tiny blue human eyes. Anything you want, Elfangor. Just yeah. no white cylinders. Why else would she look deeply into his eyes? I don't know. I guess I, I just think, didn't read that like you guys did. I think Tim's I advice like, here. So here's something I know about Tim. Tim will tell me things that happens at work. And then Tim and our mutual friend Joe, or me and Joe will go, Tim, that person was hitting on you. Oh, no. <laughs> and yeah. Tim will go, no, they weren't. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, they were. So I'm not shocked. Tim, are you sure you're not an alien? No, no. It would explain <laughs> hey, a Tim. lot. Hey, Tim. Yeah? Hey. Take off your headphones. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guys, we've been over this. Tim is definitely an Andalite. Yes. Tim is definitely an Andalite. We just 3, prove it more percent. and more every wee week. <laughs> okay. Silly Tim. Okay. Oh, I can put my headphones back on now. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Tim's advice to All-Star on this can be summed up in a single sentence. Don't go chasing <laughs> waterfalls. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just read it Stick as like... to your species, you blue-furred weirdo. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It's just like... The stuff that people say to each other. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, we'll go to see uh, Yosemite. That's not going to happen. You're both going to die. Like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so much more about Ted makes sense. Yeah. So I was he, super envious he... of Lauren in this. Please continue. I'll do my oh, rant Sorry. Oh, Go oh God. Okay. And that she got to, like, see a nebula close yes. up. That is fucking awesome. It's pretty badass. Now rant. That is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I was just gonna say he's fucking more concerned about saving Lauren than he is about the time matrix. Yeah. If that doesn't say teenage boy feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, except he he maybe just doesn't understand the universal significance of Benedict Cumberbatch's egg. <laughs> The Time Matrix is what Smaug the Dragon hatches from. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Just tying it all together there, aren't you? I am. As much as you can. 
There was a tweet earlier, isn't Bird Box Bandersnatch the guy who plays <laughs> Doctor Strange? And I'm still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so the Mustang. The thing that everyone really wants to talk about this That's, week. It, that, uh, honestly, the Mustang part had more of an impact on me than the, the Lauren stuff did. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Mustang scene was fun. I wanted the tape to be like driving along in my automobile. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fucking awesome. I did like that the wind was whipping in his fur and bending your stock eyes back. That just seems like it would hurt. <laughs> it does. But I mean, also, think of all the upside down vision. And think of all the dust that would get in those stock eyes. Oh. oh. But if they bend backwards, maybe they're shielded from the dirt? I don't know. I mean, you I need guess some you can good driving close goggles. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Two sets of driving goggles. <laughs> yeah. Can we also talk about the fact that he fucking loves Dr. Pepper now? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. This might be where Which, my obsession with Dr. Pepper started. Same. Also. This brings Yeager. me to reasons why I think Lauren has to be from Texas. <laughs> In the 1970s, where else would they have gotten Dr. Pepper? Um, None of us were alive in the 70s. Lots of places? But mostly Plano, Texas. No, because Dr. Pepper's been around since the 1800s. Yeah. So it definitely has expanded since then. I want you to think back to when you were a child finding Dr. Pepper Literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. It was fucking everywhere. Literally everywhere. I lived here in Georgia. Literally everywhere. Until Mr. Pibb came. Dr. Pepper was everywhere. And then I moved fucking up north where all they sell is Pepsi, and I don't want to talk about that. Oh, I love Pepsi. I hate Pepsi. Oh, again with Lauren. And I pictured myself with Lauren driving in my Mustang across the green grass of Earth, wind in my face, bubbling brown water running up my hoof. Really? (laughs) Gross. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes, but he's got, you know, the arm stretches because he's got to have, I don't know, what the fuck is he... Can we talk about how he fits in this car? Because it doesn't say. I it, it explains a little, but I've already worked this out. He stands front hooves in the driver's seat, back hooves in the rear seat, and he just kind of holds on to the windshield for balance. Is, are his hooves in the seat? Because then what the fuck is hitting the gas? No, the oh, no, front hooves no, are he took in the seat. The out. seat. He yeah. took the seat out. It he takes the, the seat, seat out. out. Does he? Okay, I yeah. totally missed yeah. that. That makes more sense. Because I was sitting here going, how the fuck does this work? But I was also hungover while reading this. Mm-hmm. So. so, I mean, he even talks about hitting the gas pedal with his hoof. Him, him having two sets of goggles, all I can think <laughs> about. I went and saw Spider-Verse last night. And all I can think about is Spider-Ham's nose. The way it <laughs> blinks with his eyes. And I thought it was the greatest thing in the movie. <laughs> that was the greatest thing, not the the post credit scene. No, the post credit scene was amazing. That's my favorite post credit scene of anything ever. Yeah. Ever. It was so good. Sorry, I derailed this again. It's all good. Acceptable. 
He's definitely going to get a Mustang. So, like, the goggles, though, on the stalk guys, <laughs> would they be, like, monocles so that the stalks could still, like, independently move? They'd be like the Cone of Silence on Get Smart. They'd just kind of oh, hang okay. over <laughs> each with a little bridge connecting hmm. them. Okay. okay. Huh. Connecting them? Sense. I was thinking it would be, like, like little modified Goshapons. Yeah. <laughs> they got to be able to do this. What do they have to so do? They have to be able to... Because they, they turn all the way around, don't they? You look like Austin Powers. <laughs> I'm not trying to put my hand on my head. Austin Powers, but okay. I'll show you. The foxy lady thing. The sad part is I know what tim's talking about <laughs> that that's the one that's, that's the fucking movie you've seen i've seen both the first two <clears throat> okay but not Ooh. the third just like the sam raimi spider-man oh acceptable oh the spider-verse bit where he does that oh I my god almost applauded in the theater i was like <laughs> it's like two minutes in the movie and i'm like this is the best movie i've ever seen just because he just did that <laughs> It's a fucking great movie. Yeah, so good. Sorry, I'm off topic again. I mean, I'm still trying to find Dr. Pepper distribution numbers from the 1970s on the internet. So. Well, while you're doing that. Jesus, Alice. <laughs> let's discuss the Elemis. Because we okay. can get a little bit more information about Elemis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like this description of, like, even though Elfanger's never seen the Elemist, this is why he believes it's real. And uses, like, multi-dimensions to explain it. This was the most Grant Morrison-ass thing. (laughs) It really really was. I was like, wait, this is multiversity. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I actually thought that description was pretty fantastic for getting concepts sort of like where a child could possibly digest them. Hell yeah. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, they also talk about how Santa's not real. And I I know I knew by this point. I don't remember them mentioning Santa in this book. Oh, I highlighted it. She calls... She talks about Santa and fairies and... Now hold on She doesn't say they're not real She says they're mythical creatures On earth (laughs) Yeah And Okay What is mythical creatures People can Choose to believe that mythical creatures Exist I'm just saying I actually, this is, I don't remember this part of the book, like the Mustang, the li- the live living hive, all of that, totally forgot about. Oh I yeah, totally no, I remember same. thinking, did she just fucking say Santa Claus isn't real as a kid? <laughs> by this point, I knew Santa wasn't real because yay, divorced parents, but still i just remember being like this is kids books can we not imply that so 
I am very much an adult, and I glazed right on through it. So yep. I'm betting kid me probably wouldn't have noticed any better anyway. Well, adult you's not realizing that there's a romance going on, so... Yeah. Don't go chasing Santa Claus. <laughs> Thanks. We get a little bit more of Alaron's backstory mm-hmm. and why he might be disgraced. Um, turns out he was in the Hork-Bajir world when it fell. Which we knew last issue. Yeah. But we didn't know at the time... That he released a quantum virus. Yes. He thanos them. Yeah, that's he the same thing I thought. Them. That's just Alaron there snapping his finger. Yeah. Watching it happen. For those who aren't necessarily reading along, a quantum virus is a sort of disease of space-time. It slowly breaks down the force that holds subatomic particles together It slowly disintegrates whatever it affects. Living creatures affected with a quantum virus bind their molecules breaking down. It can take days, weeks of agony. This is what Quantum of Solace is about. Yes. I'm going to choose to believe that. I've seen it. It is. Okay. I've seen it and I don't remember if that's true or not. It doesn't matter. It is. Period. Quantum of Solace is. is definitely Andalite Chronicles fanfic. <laughs> it mm. really is, and James Bond for it. I get that. But and in this episode, we will be casting Daniel Craig as All Star. I like that. Like, not this, not All Star in this one though. No, de- dying All Star when he dies. Okay. Yeah. I was like, because that would that would make it weird. Yeah. Can I just cast Idris Elba as everything? We did the gunslinger on JVC, and I'm just all about Idris Elba right now. Nice. I'll allow it. He can play all the parts. Mm-hmm. And should. And should. And I it won't be explain creepy, the abs but... on the cover. There it's we go. His abs on the cover of the movie. Yeah. We got this. I like it how I said I'm not going to be creepy, and you went immediately to add, and I was like, I'm going to be creepy. I mean, I made it creepy. Don't worry. I mean, do I need to make the abs thing make sense? Their diet includes no fat. They'd only be muscle. To go back to this quantum virus, we know that the Hork-Bajir are all controllers, with the exception of two. Three? She was pregnant. Three. We never settled the question of how many are in her brood, but we said it was probably we did one. Not. Probably one. That's right, because we said we would discuss it in, in book 23 if we didn't get answers beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tim, do you think this is what Hork-Bajir Chronicles is about? Uh, yeah. No. Or seems... anybody else, because I don't honestly remember. No, it, it, that's my first thought when they were talking about Alaron and, and being on the world when the Hork-Bajir fell. That's. I thought it was going to be that battle. Sort of similar to how the Andalite Chronicles is, you know, taking place in history. I think it's going to be the Animorphs answer to M.A.S.H. Okay. <laughs> how? What? Yeah. 
I think that we're going to see a bunch of Andalite field medics. Smoking and drinking and occasionally treating patients. That's my uh, guess. And now, the entire time I read it, I will not get suicidus painless out of my head. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome. <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it now. Whatever Andalites are in that, Alan Alda is going to be the voice of. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to say something. Did you guys know he wrote a play about Marie Curie? No, but I bet it's amazing. I learned this recently when he mentioned on Twitter that he had written a play about Marie Curie a few years ago. Okay. I was I, I was really waiting for you this. to keep going with that just to make sure that you were actually serious and not fucking around. No, this is one of those times I'm being serious. <laughs> okay. You use the same voice, so who knows? <laughs> That's because I have no inflection and I'm basically dead inside. <laughs> I just realized that Jenna looks like a panda. <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Must be because she skinned a panda and turned it into a hoodie. No, I'm I'm in the middle of morphing. It's just going really slowly. <laughs> oh, you're the one of those artistic morphers. Takes. Yeah, yeah, artistic morpher. Um, I'm I'm wearing a very fuzzy jacket that is black and white. Hopefully, because this is an audio medium yeah, and not visual. Yes. Thanks, Tim. I look I like really a fucking wanted, panda. I really and also, you have white headphones, so and black. Is that eth- ethically oh, sourced? Panda Ethically sourced pelt. panda jacket. <laughs> do pandas have bacula? Oh, God. <gasps> I bet they do. They're bears, right? They are. Which bear is not a bear? Koalas? The, yeah. That's it. <clears throat> My phone just, like, automatically fills in the word baculum now. That's not a problem, <laughs> right? No. That's not a problem. <laughs> also, my favorite Luther Vandross song is A Bear Is Not A Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's going to be one person who laughs at that. <laughs> I hope so. It's Luther Vandross. <laughs> I think he's dead, so... <laughs> he's laughing from the grave. As that we all right. hope to do. Pandas feel... do have baculum. Do baculum. they really? Yes. All right. Oh. So our goal in life is to get panda baculum. No, it's not. <laughs> no. I don't look. I don't want any piece of a panda body because that means it is dead. And I don't want to think about that. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. No. <laughs> I, I no endangered bacula. <laughs> no yeah. endangered bacula. Now, if it dies, but I don't mind taking this baculum. Source baculum. If it dies, it dies. Yeah. Hey, if, I, the... if, if the Russian guy from Rocky Four. Hey, listeners at home, in a couple of years, or a few years, hopefully not too soon, when you read about people breaking into the location redacted zoo to uh, steal panda bacula, just uh, be cool, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Chill. Don't at us. I didn't say I was going to kill the panda. Again, ethically sourced. Exactly. As long as it's ethically sourced. Breaking into a zoo, perfectly ethical, just as long as you don't kill the panda yourself. Yeah. No. Exactly. I'm breaking them out. I'm I sure. was going to open the gate to the lion enclosure first and see what happened. But yeah, it's fine. I'm sure I'm sure you could get a bacula. Like, a, a panda could survive that surgery. I find zoos hella depressing. But would it want to, Tim? <laughs> Probably I mean, not. Um, how shitty is Alaron's life? Like, 
the dude clearly saw something in the hork world. He's clearly got some serious PTSD that isn't treated because, you know, apparently Andalite mental health is not much better than ours. <laughs> um, and then he fucking gets tasered into stunned or whatever, unconscious, and then becomes a fucking controller. Like, hey, look on the bright side. At least by this point, All-Star knew which was the right setting on a Dracon beam. <laughs> true. This is true. And then to know that 20-odd years later, his brother has a chance to kill him and doesn't do it. Yeah, it, it does kind of make that scene a whole lot, like, it carries a lot more weight now. Yeah. When he doesn't get him away from the Yurk and doesn't make the, the good decision. Yeah. I'm going to cast Alaron, or, yeah, I'm going to cast Alaron now, though. John C. McGinley. I don't know who that is. Uh, He's Dr. Cox on Scrubs. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That's better. That works. I can absolutely see him yelling at Elfangor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's a mean son of a bitch, but... He's never wrong. He's not. He's seen war... And to be fair, Elfangor isn't necessarily wrong either. Everybody that goes into war probably has these idealistic dreams of being able to do this without too many casualties. I don't know. I it Based on the results, it seems like clearly he was wrong. You know? like It's like the worst possible situation. Now you have a ton of Yurks still out there, and you lost Alaron in the process. I mean... Yeah, and that from that point of view, my point being, he. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. He. He's making the morally right choice. Yes. In terms of conventional non wartime morality. Is he, though? Like, you have. Not uh, killing innocent. Well, not innocent, but defenseless people. Defenseless versus innocent. That's my point. What What are mm-hmm. these Yerks going to do the minute they get into somebody? Like their but whole existence assuming, is. It's not like assuming, these are like people who just haven't done anything yet. You're assuming that there are no Yerks that prefer controllers that are voluntary or would prefer not to be in this war. I mean, you're assuming that all <laughs> Yerks are evil. Yes. Also, right, just because that's all we've seen. Be. Yes. As right, early as but, this is in the timeline, these Yurks could actually not have done anything yet. Yeah, true. These could be Yurks that have never been in a host. Yeah. They but could be fresh baby Yurks. Their like their intentions are for war. Their intentions are to uh, take hosts either way. You know what I'm saying? It's not... But we don't we don't actually know that. We don't know that they're not dropped into a host and told, Hey, here's this host. Now do what we say or you're dead. We'll cut you off from Kendrona and you'll starve to death. It's a limited resource. True. Yeah. There's we have not seen the beginning of Yurks were not always infesting hosts. Like there had to be a start to that. There had to be someone that had introduced it to them. Well, we we have heard that, like, occasionally a Ged would wander too close to the pool or some sort of, like, very... Yeah. Right. Like, unintelligent creature would <clears throat> wander close to the pool and some Yurks would infest and get out, but that was it. 
Right. But to assume that they're all evil would kind of be doing K.A. Applegate a disservice. To assume that the evil is pure evil, but that the good side is not purely good. I, uh, yeah. They're... There's no black and white on either side. Right. Thank you. Unless you're a panda. I I mean, I I, I get what you're saying, like, as a concept. And if this were to be applied to, like, in anything in reality, I would agree with you. But that's not the way the work, the Yerks are described, written. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're a, a plague on... The universe. Okay, but isn't the whole MO of this series so far giving a generalized statement and then peeling away all the reasons why that is not the reality, why that is not nuanced enough? Is that not the whole point of this series? No, I'll give you that. I'd agree with that. I mean, I think we're at the point where it's not unreasonable to say, okay, we have seen consistently it's never that simple. So maybe, I mean, we don't know what it is. We don't have in text the exact answer. It's true. For all but we it know is, that there is a Yerk uprising as well as a Taxon uprising. It is so not unreasonable guess, like, at this point to say there could be something to the idea of these Andalites are defenseless, or these Yerks are defenseless, or at the very least, like, for an Andalite to say, okay, I will not torture or kill a prisoner, which is functionally what these Yerks are at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess my other thought is, is you know, it, at what point would you think it's... Re- if there was one good Yerk among 10,000, would you say that it's not worth... I mean, I, I know that there's got to be some kind of line here, but would would if there was one good Yerk among those 10,000, would you say it's not worth destroying the the lot of them? If there was one good human in 10,000 prisoners of war. I mean, are the prisoners a definite threat to the safety of the universe? Or if they're prisoners, probably not. Hopefully not, if you're competent enough to keep them from... You know, <laughs> yeah. Which they're not, because there's only one of them now. There were three just, of them at most. You know? There is no correct answer here, and the what Elfinger does does ultimately end up being the wrong decision. But there is no pure evil yet. Uh, the The animorphs thinks the animorphs think that Taxon are the epitome of pure evil because they're told that they are all voluntary hosts. They are hungry creatures that eat them, you know, themselves. And yet, in this book, we've come to realize that there was an actual uprising against them. Mm-hmm. That not everybody, not every taxon was voluntary. So, I, if we see a yerk uprising or a yerk that is, you know, I just, I, I think it's nearsighted to not believe that there are yerks that, you know, choose to only go into voluntary hosts. Well, I, that's not even the, 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 if you find a voluntary host, good for you. If you still fight for the side of the Yerks, you're still committing an evil act, so. I, okay, then to assume that there's not a Yerk uprising just because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. 
but I kind of want to read that book now too. <laughs> I kind of well, want to see that. Like, I wonder if that will be a thing that happens later. Um, we're only thirteen books in. 14 yeah, books in. So tons of time. Who knows? And and tons but. of time for them to prove me wrong about the Yerks in that exact way. You know, maybe there is good in the Yerks. It's just this thus far. It's read as they are pure evil, or at least the embodiment of it. You know. It and statistically speaking, with Tim's predictions, there's a good chance he will be proven wrong in a future book. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very, very true. Very it's, true. It's one of the things I love about these books. <laughs> these books is that you can't assume that there there is no good and bad. Or I mean, sorry, there is no pure good and there is no pure evil. You know, the chi try to strive for pure goodness and stay out of everything and neutrality. And yet they could have probably stopped the Yerks from coming to earth. So does that still make them good? I don't know. This is why none of us are currently involved in a war because (laughs) at the end of the day, it is a tough question to ask yourself. You're right. Is it worth saving 10,000? Well, and the other thing is, is, like, just looking at it as a concept. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole idea of war is terrible, but we aren't fighting slugs that are taking over the universe either when we fight wars, you know? So it's, it's just, just like, you know, on paper concepts of what would, you know would be ideally right or wrong. It's not necessarily something that would happen. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I sound like a, you know, uh, kill the Yerks, kill the Yerks. The way that would actually play out in real life would be very different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, the whole point of these books is that humanity is the worst. No, just kidding. That was the last <laughs> book. Because we fight ourselves. but we have Mustangs, so we can't be all bad. That's true. And if anyone is wondering, the next shitty Andalite is <laughs> the Mustang. That's a damn it's good a, Mustang, too. So good. You know what? I, uh, we posted the little the little mermaid one today. Uh, that one's really good, too. These It is. Like, we're going to have to change the name of the <laughs> folder. They can't be the shitty Andalites anymore. No, I totally love the name, but... <laughs> The Andalites will always be bad, even if the things around them I actually take a minute or two on. And by a minute or two, I mean way more time than I should have to, because I am actually terrible at this. The, no, you're getting the, better. The breaking waves behind the Andalite, I'm like, it has such depth. Has okay. Some... I did literally trace the waves in that one. It is the first thing I have traced anything in. But I did trace the waves from the actual picture, because I wanted it to read. Yeah, yeah that's very good. Ooh. And there was no way otherwise that it was ever going to read. <laughs> so, Lauren and Chapman are infested, which proves that Chapman. I mean, he's still a dickhead after this, but maybe this is a turning point, and he's just terrified, and he hated being infested, and that's why he is the way he is now. Who knows? But Lauren kind of takes it in stride. Like, she's very chill about it. She doesn't yeah. barf, which I totally would have. 
And uh, she's still chill to hang out with the alien that got her, you know, infested, more or less. Yeah, this part kind of made Lauren a little less believable to me. Like, I like that she's having fun in space and is digging on this alien fella. But you gotta freak out about something. Yeah. Also, where did all those good, good kicks come from, girlfriend? Where you been hiding out? (laughs) Is she a manic pixie dream girl? She might be. Yeah. She might be. God damn it. I am glad that he didn't have to tie her up for three days. Yeah. There we go. There's at least a sensible yerk. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's, you know, now floating in space. Yeah. Probably pulled into the sun. Probably probably um and Chapman still Chapman fucking Chapman Alfangor gets them back to their crew I can't think of the word their dragoon I don't know I've been watching a lot of Outlander so that's the word we're gonna use uh and their clan. Oh shit! Are there Andalite clans? Clandalites. Clandalites. <laughs> Do they wear kilts? Oh, can you draw me that? Shitty Andalite wearing kilt. Yes. I'll put it on the to-do list. Done. Thank you. Um, and we get these asteroids that essentially feed on energy and destroy spaceships. They're basically that asteroid from Empire Strikes Back. Yes. I would not be surprised if that is exactly where it came from. <laughs> I mean, it's the middle chapter of a trilogy about Luke Skywalker as an Andalite, so... There you go. Tim, you got really quiet. I was thinking about the asteroids. I it didn't put together that it was the Empire Strikes Back asteroid, but it basically <laughs> is. <laughs> Somehow I, I, I read it as, like... It grew over them. It, does that make sense? Like, yeah. like it sort of like turned the ship into whatever it was. Oh, instead of like consuming it, or yeah, like yeah, growing around it, yeah. it's actually like turning it into. I don't. I didn't read it that way. I read it as just like it was siphoning out energy. Maybe it is. But well, I, I did say it was like growing over the that's, dome. That's ship. what I thought. I thought it was like yeah. crystallizing around it or whatever it would yeah. be. See, I just took that to mean like it was moving through space and therefore getting bigger relative to perspective. No, I took oh, it. I as... took it as the energy was causing it to basically get bigger. Like I took it as it was silly putty slurping over it. <laughs> <laughs> just... Wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> this is a Katamari field. Yeah, Water squid in space. Not calamari, catamari. Uh, yeah. Cat- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had God. to. I'm sorry. Like catamari. And the Illamist is the king of all cosmos, or whatever. Catamari is the little ball that rolls around. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that that sounds pretty accurate. Although I like the calamari now. Squid. What is squid this? asteroids. Wait. What is this from? A video game series called Katamari. Like, Katamari Damacy is probably the best yeah. known one. It was PS2, but there were a bunch of them okay. on various Sony platforms and iPhones. And I think there's a Switch port of one now. 
Gotcha. You play as like a person going around rolling shit up in a ball, and the ball gets bigger and bigger as you absorb more stuff. And you're basically a cute dung beetle. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you're like rolling up whole planets. Cool. Yeah. Okay. My last comment is that I love the cliffhanger into the third part. So it's the last lines are no need to worry, nothing to be afraid of. Let it end, Delphangor. Just let it end. Part three, an alien dies. Now we know he's going to get out of this, right? I mean, literally, yes. Yeah, like, (laughs) (laughs) we all do remember he was in the first book, right? Yeah. Unless it's a guy that lied about his name, but that seems dumb. And Axe is having a really long con. (laughs) What? What, how much time has passed between this book and the events of Animorphs? I do believe in the prologue, or in chapter like one it says, years. 20 years previous. Okay. 21 years before. All right. So Axe is not even alive at this point. No. Right. They say that in, in part the first one, book. he's doing blessings to That's right. his future okay. brother. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I guess that tracks... What do you mean? Oh no, it's just the 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 time gap and whether it all lined up or not. That was what I was wondering. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering about Axe's age. But yeah, that's that sounds like it all works out pretty nicely, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really haven't established what Axe's age is. I mean, he's me, basically but, a teenager too, though. But yeah, yeah. he's a, the Andalite equivalent of our Animorphs. Yeah. So it's, all right, so it's 21 years before the events of the first book. Yes. But it's like, what, seven-ish years before the kids are? That's the other part that I was trying to work out. I gave it about about three. I figure the gestation cycle is is about three years, and it still works out pretty well. He's, He's 18, maybe. You're talking about Axe specifically. Yes. I think okay. Jen meant okay. the human Okay, kids. no, yeah, I meant the human children. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> no, no, children. no, 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 no. I thought we were talking about Axe. That was what I was working through in my brain. Was... Yeah. This would be like seven or eight years probably before the kids are born. Yeah. yeah. Good Lord, it doesn't seem like it should be that short of a time. It doesn't, does it? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, at the most, Chapman's the, the kids got... are at the youngest are 12. Chapman's got a lot of working out to do. To be Meaning, uh, like decent to the gym. human father. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Like I, or maybe he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah, well, mean, that's what I'm getting. Like I, it, it doesn't track the way they portray him as like, oh, I they, did this for my family. Did you even have a family before you were a jerk? Kind of like it, like you were a jerk then. They do say that they're going to take him back to Earth and wipe their memories. So there's mm-hmm. a good chance that. Something happens in this memory wipe to cause Chapman make to him be a better person, a cool dude. <laughs> sure, sure. If you accidentally hit the wrong part of the brain and erase the how to be a jerk part, so not so much a memory wipe as much as a partial lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, nothing wrong know. with that. We don't know like, what their primitive. He tried to sell the entire planet into slavery. I'm cool yeah. with it. Yeah. So, I, I if we're gonna roll into my predictions here. My predictions are, is the only way I can see this working is if somehow 
the time matrix becomes involved and resets some stuff. I don't know exactly what yet, but I, I feel like that has to be sort of the payoff to this thing. That has because Lauren going back having Marco and then becoming Visser One, like it doesn't mathematically work out. Something's gotta happen on a different path than what happened here. So you are still on the Lauren has Marco and becomes Visser One prediction. That has yes. not changed over the course of this book. That has okay. not. That has not. That I still stand on that one. And you think the time matrix is going to be used? Yes. I think I mean, that okay. the only one who I can see getting where they are from where they are right now, well, there's two people. There's Elfinger and there's Visser 3. Outside of that, everybody else, like, it doesn't it doesn't track with where they're headed. As far as the time matrix goes, if it weren't used, especially the way this book ends, Anton Chekhov would be out of his grave okay. as a zombie <laughs> on a killing spree. The, the, you're right. But the only way I could see that playing out differently is if it's used later in the series. Like, if it's setting something up. But I don't see that I being, mean, like, something that would happen hey in Tim, the Analyte Chronicles. Hey Tim, yeah. not mutually exclusive, because we learn in the first one, it's still in the construction site. Yeah, yeah. no, no, but you know what I mean? Like, if that was the whole reason they wrote Analyte Chronicles was just to introduce sort of that, that piece of it. But I don't think that's the case. Let's get used in the yeah. next, next book. Can't awesome. be destroyed, exists through all points in times, just like... Benedict Cumberbatch's acting career. <laughs> Can we talk about how Anton Yelchin would have been wonderful as something in this? As literally anything? As literally anything. Yes. Axe. He would have been such a good axe. He'd have been a perfect axe. He also would have been a really great Tobias. But he'd be a better axe. Because then he doesn't well, have to be mopey all the time. <laughs> that's true. But and mopey I... Anton Yelchin was always good too. Okay, it but... Was. Imagine Anton Yelchin voicing Axe trying a Cinnabon for the first time. Oh my god, oh, perfectness. Yes. God, that sucks. Alright, do you have any predictions, Tim, for the future for Alaron? Where do you think he winds up after the course of these books? I'm tossing you an easy one. I don't think anything changes for him. He has a yurk inside him and he stays with a yurk inside him. Except for book eight for like five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> In which Axe could have ended it all. But Do you think we're going to see Arboron again? I honestly don't right okay. now. I don't think he's going to come back up. I, it wouldn't surprise me if we see his name again, but I don't think we'll see him again. You don't think the Anors are going to go to the Taxon homeworld? Uh, even if they do, I don't know that they'd see him. 21 years later, I'd be shocked if he's still alive. Although it would be cool if he was like running shit down there. Do you think at some point they'll visit some other moon on Earth and run into him there and he'll be a Taxon on Titan? Oh, nice. Oh, that's a good one. I was wondering where you were going. Um, no. I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> okay. But it would be cool. It would be cool. Save, save it for your fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> So do you think an alien dies is still addressing Fangor's death? Yes. 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 I don't see how it could go any other way since I think Arbron is dead and Alaron lives. So you think Arbron's dead? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Not just that we won't see him again, it's that he's actually dead. Come on, Stitch. I think that's how this book will end with Elfangor dying and everything leading that's, up to the first that's how it started 
I know. It'll come full circle. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder I mean, if it's Elfinger's fault that she becomes Visser 1 is the other thing. I'm, so we've got an entire part, which is, I think, roughly 100 pages. Do you think we're going to visit any other worlds? Or are we going straight to Earth? Like, what do you think happens in this next section? Just that they get caught? No, there's got to be stuff in between. There's There's got to be something that happens. Either this story ties up and then we end up on Earth, you know, 20 years in the future. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do some other stuff. I don't think that this story necessarily ends with him on Earth, if that makes sense. Like, that's how the book's going to end. But this is going to play out somewhere. Yeah. yeah, with Chapman and Lauren getting back to Earth one way or another. Hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how depressing do you think part 3 is going to be, Tim? <laughs> 1 being the most depressing or the least? 1 being the least. Least. Then I'm going to go with a 9.5. Hmm. You think you're going to cry? No. Do you not cry in books? Uh, not often. Okay. I cry in books, but no one's surprised by that. All right. So... Let's see. We really don't need to discuss technology or where we think the Animorphs are located. So, I guess, Alex, what is our first animal fact of the new year? Well, I'm actually back on my back on my hustle, back on my money making grind. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple of times now talked about. Uh, Various ways and reasons people have gotten different animals high. As a sort of corollary to that, I have here a Vanity Fair piece from December 27th of 2018 on a growing CBD pet product industry. Oh yeah, the pet store near me does definitely sell that. (laughs) <laughs> With the general... I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details here and name drop all these companies. Although I did learn in this that apparently Ashley Tisdale from Disney Channel shows is a spokesperson for one of them. Uh, um, for real, though? For real. That That's not a joke. Okay. Um, the main issue here is that no one's really sure how much this actually works beyond anecdotally for pets. So here's what I'm thinking. We morph various pets and sell our services as, well, guinea pigs, lab rats, whatever. We morph back, we're fine, but we can also then report on how all this stuff works. I think this will come in as a premium. I volunteer as tribute. This is the first one that I've been like, fuck yeah, if we're getting paid to get high, I'm game. Well, no. They strip out all the THC because they yeah. know that's toxic to a lot of animals. Yeah, that's true. Here is a PSA. Do not give your dog weed because THC is poison to dogs. CBD, fine. Probably, maybe, as far as science knows. THC, definitely bad for dogs and other pets. But, like, there's a statistic in here that's something like 90% of pet pot veterinary visits are dogs okay but like what if your dog stole your weed once but he's totally fine now 
I mean, I'm fairly certain my dog spent his first, like, year and a half of his life with a contact high, so... Okay, here we go. According to the ASPCA Poison Center, dogs account for about 95% of pet marijuana poisonings. There is one state in the U.S. that has actually cleared the way for legal study... or I'm sorry, for veterinarians to discuss CBD treatments, and that is California. Well, of course. everywhere else, it is actually even illegal for vets to suggest CBD products. Really? Yes. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. I'm all for this. Tim is noticeably silent. <laughs> Are you looking at a picture of my dog? <laughs> yes. It's so... Perfect for this conversation. Oh my god, just like button nuts straight up out. <laughs> just just want to point out that Alex was talking about me right before he said that. Jenna was not talking about me. Next <laughs> in a photo of the dog. Yeah, Tim is just button nuts straight up out. Tim has already decided to volunteer his tribute and get a head start. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. He's found a dog and he's just trying to acquire it. (laughs) (laughs) The twist is, the dog is the one with morphing capabilities, which is why Tim became calm and quiet. (laughs) It acquired Tim, so it could enjoy THC. Oh, bless. Nice. Yeah, I'm fairly certain the the pet store near my office uh, does sell this. Pet stores can sell it, but veterinarians can't discuss it. Interesting. Because, hey, not talking about things is definitely how we deal with them. Fucking Puritans. That's what my my childhood has taught me. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. Same. I mean, as a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, we can definitely say that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right. Sorry, so, it wasn't actually funny. But hey, <laughs> no spiders. I appreciate it. And we're going to continue to do no spiders. <laughs> we're going to hang up one of those signs this many weeks since spider trivia. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm going to change the sign that I have in this room. It's a light up sign. I'm doing it. <laughs> yep. All right. So. So fanfic will go here. It's going to be a double yes. dose week. It's going to be awesome. Pow, pow. Before I could protest the throwing of my brittle snake body, I felt the wind passing over my scales and then a hard bump as I collided with the vent screen. Fortunately, Mariana had thrown me hard enough to knock the vent screen inward into the ventilation shaft. Unfortunately, Mariana had thrown me hard enough to knock the vent screen inward into the ventilation shaft. Things were broken. Again. Badly. I felt huge, raw areas of my body where scales had been scraped off by the coarse metal of the screen. The tip of my tail stuck out of the corner of the opening of the vent. I was getting pretty tired of losing body parts. I lay on the cool, slick metal for a moment, trying to pull my thoughts together. I focused on my own body, trying hard not to think about the leg I left behind in the gag. There'd be just enough room in the vent for me to crawl the 20 feet to the control room. I could feel my body simultaneously shrinking lengthwise while expanding in width. My limbs began to regrow, including, to my great relief, my poor severed naked leg. 
The pant leg of my morph suit and my right shoe were obviously left under the wall with my original leg. Suddenly, I felt the familiar, disgusting, panic-inducing, rapid tapping of a spider's tarsi across the bare skin of my ankle. I let out a blood-curdling scream and shook my leg as hard as possible, smacking my knee and toes hard on the metal until the spider came loose. What the fuck? I screamed as I moved in my, as I moved my body in such a way so that I could look back down the vent at the hairy little creature trying to regain its footing. Not fucking cool, my dude. Not cool. I closed my eyes and focused my breathing. Being an anamorph with severe arachnophobia wasn't the easiest thing in the world. I began crawling, careful not to squish whomever had just caused my panic attack. My morph suit slipped a bit as I tried to push forward, but my bare skin created just the right amount of friction so I tried to use just my right leg to propel myself. I could hear the super light of spider legs behind me, and it made my skin crawl. I knew there was a person in there, not a spider brain, but I couldn't stop thinking about how it felt to be wrapped up and grasped by the pedipalps as Chalicera slowly delivered toxin into my body while I tried to change as quickly as possible. Look, some of us have been through some things in this long war, and not all of it has been fun romps through the grass in puppy form. Some of it has, though, and those days make it worth fighting. I popped the latch on the vent screen above the control room and slid through. I'd like to say I gracefully lowered myself to the floor, but we both know I flopped out onto the floor like a fish searching for a puddle. That was it. All I had to do was say the initi initiation code and the countdown would begin. The Yerks couldn't be allowed to, to escape with any knowledge they'd gained from their attack. I couldn't let them. But somehow I couldn't bring myself to say anything. Bruised and a little broken, Simon, Mariana, and I made it through the taxon to the south entrance. I didn't know the area too terribly well, but I did know it held the lo loading bay and our emergency escape plan. I turned to Mariana, the only one of us with fingers at the moment. I have the first half of the loading dot code. Do either of you have the second half? Simon's lion head nodded, which... I won't tell you how long I've been in this war, but as many years as it's been, it's still weird to see animals with human movements. I gave my portion of the code to Mariana and Simon his, and the door to the loading dock swung open. See, we split most codes over two people at a minimum, and the carriers had to be ranked members of the rebellion. All codes, with the exception of one. The self-destruction code of the base, which only Jenna, Alex, and I knew in its entirety. I guess we had all left out that tiny detail, as it was still a relatively new role for the three of us. We were in command of this base. We knew the risks of the war and had proven in our own darkened ways that we would do what it takes to save the uprising. If it came to that, that is. All other codes were split in half so that if, for some reason, a soldier was turned into a controller, they wouldn't have access to everything. That way no one travels alone, no one could bring down the base, no one could cause so much damage. Except... Except someone had. Someone had let the taxon in, I realized, looking around the south entrance. There weren't any ships attached that weren't ours. And there were no holes in the base. There was nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. The taxons had been let in. I shook my hyena head and body. Start demorphine and start turning on the escape ships. We're going back to solid ground. I followed my own advice as I turned human, feeling my hair retracted to my body while growing wild around my head. Finally alone in my head, I felt the protocols we had practiced so often slip into place. I hopped into the first ship and turned it on, feeling the hum of it warming up. 
While I waited for it to do so, I started grabbing escape backpacks and putting them in the ship. These were bags of things we kept duplicates of, you know, in case, well, this happened. When I heard a muffled comment. What? I asked, looking up. We've got issues, Simon said again from behind a escape pod. This ship isn't turning on. Over here, too, Miriana confirmed. I let out a long string of swear words as they ran out to her fourth and final ship. It groaned in resistance, but finally started humming properly. Miriana, go through the pre-flight on this one. Simon, go through it on the first one back there. We need to know if both ships are working fully or if we're running the risk of getting off of this basement dying. I ran back to the entrance to pick up the receiver and call the control room to see what was going on. Jenna should have confirmed that she made it by now. What was going on in this base? But as I looked out the window, I could see Taxons feasting on their fallen comrades. We hadn't gotten them all. We apparently hadn't gotten them all. Adding a few more quarters to the swear jar mentally, I smashed the alarm button that could be heard throughout the entire base. We had minutes to spare and not a clue who was still alive. Um... So I double checked, but it's been a couple hours. I didn't see any new uh, reviews or questions. I have reviews pulled up now. There are none in you as we record. Cool. I do want to give a quick shout out, though. There is a, a new Twitter that everybody should follow. No context Animorph quotes. I highly recommend. So yes, if you want to laugh at random Animorph quotes... Go follow them on Twitter. It is rant. Does he want it known who it's ran by? I don't know if mm. he. I think it actually says in the bio. Actually, now that I say that, let me double check. I'm just also going to shout out in general that the Animorphs podcasting community is so wonderful, and you should go check them out too. Everybody involved. It's like the most. You're the best. No, you're the best kind of group. So yeah, it's no context morphs. And uh friend of the podcast, Ian Buck, runs it. So Friend of the Podcast and mainstay of our Discord. Yeah. Indeed. Which if you're not a part of, I don't know how many times I can tell you you should join. Because it is kind of amazing. If you miss early 2000s era chat rooms and message boards, it feels a lot like that. It, uh, it, there's random art thrown in occasionally, discussion of fanfic, discussion of other really great podcasts. There was also a discussion of, um, uh, I was going to mention, now I can't find it. Oh, the word Sochmeads. (laughs) <laughs> that was amazing and and it's history dating back to ancient Greece with its developer Sochimides yep <laughs> um, but yeah it's just a really great group of people you can come lurk you can come join conversations and uh, you don't have to be caught up there's plenty going on yeah, so. we keep all the spoilers for books we haven't covered yet separated, too. So you don't have yep. to see those if you are li- reading along with us as you listen. If you're Tim. Correct. Or if you're Tim, <laughs> who is expressly banned from that channel. 
it's grayed out on my my yeah. app now. I I don't get any updates from it anymore. <laughs> so. Poor Tim. No. no, it's better that way because I would I I couldn't stand to see it. Lit it's up, really though. obnoxious to have things that aren't cleared out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now it's just like it's not even there. <laughs> um. Anything else anybody would like to promote? We got anything in this 2019. So anything exciting coming down the uh, pipeline for anybody before we uh, wrap up the episode? I mean, I could talk about the next show I'm stage managing, but that would require disclosing my location, which is not something we do lest the orcs find us. I meant like, hey, you want to talk about how you host Panelology, guys? Oh, that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah right. We have another show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a comics podcast that Meg and Tim are occasionally on too. In fact, if you are not a weekly comic reader but would rather dip in on trades, we just did our favorite books of 2018 episode, which they both joined us for, and we talked about uh, over 40 books in the course of two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, so we will be back in two weeks to discuss part three in Alien Dies. I'm sure there will be plenty of tears because it's death. Um, Outside of that, we would like to thank Christina Speaks for our show art. If you're interested in getting some cool art from her, which we all now have a lot of, uh, (laughs) email her at c.speaks.animator at gmail.com or visit her at chaosdoesart on Instagram or join our Discord because she is very active in it and posts uh things that she's working on occasionally and it is always amazing outside of that peep our social meets we're at minds at york on facebook twitter and instagram uh, someone posted a picture of all of us we did our first episode together and i cannot stop giggling at york bastard and i don't know why <laughs> so whoever used that thank you uh, If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, or stories of your interactions with Animorphs, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com. Our website is mindsatyerk.com. Spell yerk, Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean, or whatever your podcatching device is but if we are not let us know what can i throw in a caveat yep another way to uh help us out is to share us with friends yeah or tell other people tell the yerks we we are on to them yeah you yerk bastards yerk bastards (laughs) uh i've been megan i'm still alex I was Jenna. <laughs> I'm gonna be Tim. We'll see you Someday. in two weeks. Oh wait, Alex. Yeah? What is your random quote? Somebody say when. When? I nosed the yellow Mustang into the living, pulsating gap in the tube. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Nice. All right. We'll see you in two weeks to wrap up Andalite Chronicles. And until then, we fight.